Hi, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. How are you? So good. Almost summer. Oh, man. Ten more days I got to get through with these kids. <laughs> they are just as excited as you yeah. to almost be done. We are all burnt toast. So, yes, very excited. And then, like, the most exciting part is just, like, the chance to regroup. I'm so ready to regroup myself. Yes. And um, there's going to be so many awesome things happening here and here on the podcast, here in East Lansing, here just in general. On the planet in 2019. (laughs) Here in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm really excited about Awesome Ladies Live. I have started thinking about specific supplies for each of the three workshops and really narrowing down what I want to hand create for each person Mm -hmm. and what I'm going to be ordering in the next week Mm -hmm. and I'm like it makes me feel like giddy inside to like think about it's like giving people presents like love language style Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited about each individual workshop and what each thing is going to teach each person about style, about self-love, about creativity, and about, you know, what it is that we're doing both creatively, both storytelling-wise, and what we're doing for ourselves. Yeah. And it's just going to be so much fun. Totally. Last year was a blast. We just keep getting better at it. (laughs) It's one of those things, it's funny how, like, when you do things over and over again, you do just get better at them. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to commit to this thing yearly. Oh, look, this year was better than last year. Oh, look, this year was better than the last two years. Like, it's just, duh. And that's one of the things that's cool about the podcast, too, is we can just kind of figure out what works for us and what doesn't work for us and what we can do and what we are better at doing and what flows for us and what doesn't flow for us and so one of the things that I love doing with you is the after chatter show I love getting on video I mean we are always on video but I love sharing our behind the scenes video especially when we have guests and we get to see people's studios we get to see the cute things people have on the walls I know that more people need to see those And also, we are, like, I know no one wants to glorify busy, but we are, like, busy as fuck people. (laughs) And putting out a podcast each week is a lot of work. And especially putting out extra content on a podcast each week is a lot of work. So simplifying our Patreon is the best thing for us to do. Agreed. So going forward, we are going to offer one Patreon tier, $5 a month. Either you're in or you're not in. And if you're in, then you got access to everything. Video, book club, Discord, right? All the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are currently a patron, nothing is going to change for you. If you are currently pledging at more than $5 a month, you can lower your uh, pledge to $5 a month and still get access to everything. Uh, If you at any point want to pledge more than $5 a month, you can, of course, do that. We love you. 
but it's so much easier to come on the show and be like, hey, support us. It's $5 a month and you get access to everything than to be like, this is what Patreon is and painstakingly explain at this tier, you get this level because we don't want to market things. You know, we're not marketing geniuses. We are ladies with a podcast who, you know, it costs hundreds of dollars a year to do a podcast. And we don't have time to be a marketing firm and a podcast producer and host and show sponsors and all these other things. (laughs) So, like, it would be really nice to be able to say, hey, guys, if you love and support Crafty Ass Female, support us for $5 a month and you get access to hundreds of hours of video, including two great, awesome videos with Allie Edwards that you can't get anywhere else. A video with Kathy Z that is hilarious. Austin and videos Cleon. with oh Austin Cleon. <laughs> oh my God, like, right? There's so much stuff in there, $5 a month. It's just so much easier to say. It's so much more straightforward. It's so much more, like, transparent. And, like, as you guys know, that's all we're about is transparency. So that's what we're doing. So patreon.com slash craftyassfemale, $5 a month. And bonus, this Thursday is our monthly video chat. So if you are a patron, you can come and video chat with us. Live on Thursday evening. Thursday evening. Eastern Standard Time. At 7 p.m. Eastern (laughs) Standard Time. Come and talk to us. We'll be here. I think Megan came last month and we just chatted away about her cats and... Oh, yeah, it was Kitty and Tell. Yeah, yeah. so if you have something to show and tell, like, preferably PG, PG show and tell. <laughs> um, uh, although a naked butt is in our logo, so... Yes. I, Might get people ideas. A animated naked butt would be fine. No <laughs> real naked butts. So PG, PG show and tell. Like, definitely bring your crafts. Bring totally. any like anything you created recently. We would love to see that. So bring it to show and tell. Um, My cats usually walk past the yeah, screen. Yeah, cat so show I can and tell. You to them. Puppy show and tell. Sure. Yeah. Hamster. And any questions? And tell. Comments. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything you want to tell us about, th- like, the last couple of episodes? This is your chance to get on chat with us. And if you don't want to chat, you can just come and text chat with us. You could come and listen to me and Amanda chat about plants or you know uh, the weather no we usually have really good conversations about the podcast yeah so it's a it's a private chat that you guys get to come and see as you know if you're a patreon if you are a a patron if you're a supporter so rundown come to awesome ladies live it's going to be amazing storytelling is magic and we really want to see you here in east lansing july 19th to 21st you can get tickets at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash live. And we're making some changes to our Patreon. Now it's just a flat fee, $5 a month, and you get access to absolutely everything. And this Thursday, we are having our monthly live chat, and you can find me and Amanda. And we are going to be doing our monthly live chat at uh, 7 Eastern at night, 7 p.m. I don't know if we said that. Did we say 7 p.m.? I think you did. Okay, 7 p.m. Definitely not 7 a.m. I will be asleep and Amanda <laughs> will be in a car. Um, yes. So 7 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, sorry. Um, this Thursday, come be our patron. Come support the show, $5 a month. And you get access to every single video we've ever done. There's over 50 videos with 
absolutely amazing people and we love them all and they're so good and it helps us pay the bills and get some cool stuff so thank you so much for being a part of this community we love you and you can follow along on patreon even if you don't support the show monetarily and uh check out some cool things over there when we post for free so uh now we're on to this week's guest, the amazing Tracy Fox, who is one of my favorite scrapbookers on the planet. Queen of poise and 12 by 12 scrapbook layouts. She was a great guest. Loved her. So much wisdom. All right. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale. And we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Oh, hey, Kristen. Hey, Tracy. Hey, ladies. How are you? Me? Everybody. (laughs) How's everybody? Oh, my gosh. So good. I'm so excited you're here. So today we have Tracy Fox, who's one of my favorite overall people and one of my favorite internet friends and like literally one of the most amazing scrapbook people on the planet. She is a self-proclaimed scrapbook and feminist nerd living in central Ohio. And you guys know that that's like totally my thing. So of course, Tracy and I have to be amazing friends. And I didn't know that you were a former middle school band director. I knew that you did former, you were in what I like to call the former, the hashtag former teacher profession. Mm-hmm. And now you work for a major university and you are the new director. I want to say, how do I, how, well, we're going to get into it. So let's just say you are the director of the Scrappy Like a Fox Facebook group. My problem is, guys, I have so many things that I want to talk to Tracy about today. I'm- I'm bursting. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I love you two. I love Yay! you two. We've met in person. Awesome Ladies Live is coming up, and we just can't handle the excitement. So <laughs> we can take I a breath and have a conversation. Is. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm on like, the edge of my seat. What, what Christmas present are we supposed to open first? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's just tear at them all at once. <laughs> right, like that's That's exactly how I feel. It's like, Christmas morning and then like 30 minutes later and no one has opened a Christmas present because we can't decide like (laughs) we're just staring at them they're so pretty right and like which one of us is like going to give the present or like do we get to receive the present and like well sometimes it's even more of a gift to like watch someone open your present and so okay how did you get started scrapbooking Oh, okay. So I think that I was born to be a scrapbooker because I actually longed to be one before I knew really what it was or that it was a thing. Um, I was always sort of a like dabbler in arts and crafts as a kid. And I always was cutting up paper and, you know, playing with stickers and all that kind of stuff. But I sort of caught glimpse of this, you know, sort of modern scrapbooking style or whatever when I was in college and I knew a couple of people who did it, um, including my my brother's girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife. And I just, I thought that is really cool. I need to learn to do that. And I carried a camera, a point and shoot camera with me in my backpack all through my undergrad and college and took pictures of everything. 
And I really wanted to do something else with those photos other than just stick them in photo albums. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just felt like this story had to be told. And so I went to a creative memories party, which was a good gateway drug, discovered creative keep creating keepsakes magazine, which was an even bigger gateway drug. And then, um, I, as, as you mentioned, I'm a former middle school band director and teaching just did not take for me. And so scrapbooking helped get me through my first year of teaching. Like it was my therapy. It was the thing I was excited to come home and do after a really hard day. Um, I, it just, it was fun. It was brand new to me and there was all this cool stuff to explore and all these new cool tools to explore. And so I was just really excited to, to get my fingers sticky with, with adhesive and uh, relive my college memories because I was very much like, I felt fired from college. <laughs> when I had to leave it because I loved it so much. And being in the real world was so hard, especially since I had was thinking I had picked the wrong career, which I think I did. Um, and so when I decided not to continue teaching, I ended up getting a job at my local archivers, which was a thing at the time and was amazing. Um, and so all of that together was just like scrapbook passion going on. And I, I haven't looked back ever since. That was That all started in like 2004, 2005. Um, and so here we are. I think that that there's so many of us who we stumble upon scrapbooking and some like happen, it just happens upon us. And then we're like, oh, okay, this is for me. And it's this art of, oh, well, you know, like, oh, I've always had a camera on me. I love taking pictures. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, people who don't necessarily just love taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures, but it's what's behind that picture that helps bring scrapbookers together even. Cause I, the thing that you just said of like, I wanted to do something more with those pictures. Mm -hmm. I feel that so hard. Yeah. All of, like, the time. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's why I carry my, my camera, you know, my phone now, but my camera around like, even before I knew what a scrapbook was, like in, in eighth grade, I remember, you know, going on like literally class trips in eighth grade and having a, a throwaway camera yes. and being like, oh, Same. I'm going to take pictures of yeah. this and take pictures does of that. It, does it blow your mind that before smartphones, there were people who didn't walk around with cameras all the time? Like, I, I didn't know how to not have one with me because I was going to miss something. Like, yeah. And like, <laughs> that still blows my mind of like, all these people and I'm like I don't think it's a conversation that we're hearing so much now that everyone has a phone and we're all doing a lot of this digital minimalism and like kind of trying to get away from our phones as much but when our generation when millennials first started to have smartphones and baby boomers didn't our parents generation didn't there was a lot of why are you always on your phone? Why are kids always on their phones? Why are you always on your phone? Dude, I was always taking pictures. Right. I always had my phone with me so that I could take pictures. I had my phone because it was better than my camera because it wasn't my $1,000 DSLR that I didn't want to break because I didn't have $1,000 to replace my camera. Yeah. I feel like all of us crafty-ass females, like, 
can look back and see the crumbs that led to the cake. Like, I feel like there's always, like, we've always had little crumbs that we were, like, going to lead this scrappy life. I just feel like one of the biggest crumbs now is that, yeah, that, like, the phone is a means to an end for us. Like, it's a very, it's a tool that we can use to, like, get our pictures out and done and taken. Yeah, it's yeah. way more a camera than a phone to me, right? Yeah, like, I could do it. I don't need to carry a phone around with me everywhere I go, but I need that camera. So, yeah. and also, I have to just say thank you for calling me a millennial. I do claim millennial <laughs> status, even though I'm technically like the oldest millennial. And all of my friends like to say that they're not one and they're some special generation instead. And I'm like, Millennials get so much shit for like needing to be special snowflakes. And then there are these people who are just my age and older who need to be called special. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Just to, like, it's really Tell okay me to no, be a millennial. You, are, like, you don't want to share. Yeah. Obviously, there's a spectrum of difference going on within the millennial generation, but it's okay to be one. I actually like being one, and I think millennials are awesome. So, can we know how old you are? You don't want to share. Oh, I'm 37. But because oh. I was like, I was graduating class of 2000, like, most definitions put me firmly in the millennial category. Right. So. And, like, there's just so. Anyone on the cusp of a generation is going to feel like they are straddling both. Sure. Yeah. And there's so many things that are so qualifying to the millennial generation that I think are part of your life. Like, you went to college and thought you were going to become a teacher and, like, did not like being a teacher. Like, and... Learned about feminism identify. and then went out into the real word and world and were like, well, shit, man. This. Exactly. And. I was raised to think I could do anything. And then the recession came and learning that sexism still exists happened, even though I never felt it as a high school student overachiever where I was always pat on the head for being awesome. Like, I, I didn't see it until I, you know. Right. decided and to like, learn more exactly that life experience is an experience of a millennial and so there's this really good book it's called the kids aren't all right by oh i'm gonna stop. i've heard of it but i can't help you <laughs> on the author malcolm i cannot remember his last name right i'm looking now. it up now <laughs> and he posits the theory that Millennials are more of this life experience than this harsh born in X number year and to X number year. But people who are fully formed by this, you know, what happened in the, the, the Great Recession and the, the lives that we were told we would have and the lives that we are having. And... Malcolm Harris? Malcolm Harris. Thank you. Um, it's an amazing book. It's really fantastic. And he's a great writer. I'm writing it down. Though I'm sure it'll be in the show notes too, so I don't have to. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's thin. It's really small. It's not like really small, but for a, for a solid nonfiction book, it's like, it's a really good, easy read. But other than that, you're, you're very welcome for being included in the non-special wonderful snowflake millennial <laughs> generation that we are thank you <laughs> you're very welcome there's a netflix special called elder millennial 
Oh. She starts, it's, it's, it's good. But my favorite is like the first 15 minutes and she starts it off and she goes, gather around the Snapchat, children. Let me I tell mean. you of a time. It's really funny. She goes, this let sounds, me tell you of a time of rotary phones. You know? sounds exactly <laughs> how I am at work because I'm working at the university that I graduated from with people 10 or more years younger than me who also went there. And I'm like, back in my day, you know. Yeah. We- <laughs> well, that's, guys, that's how yeah. I feel. Let me tell. Funny. <laughs> so we're here in Michigan and Jeff's, you know, we're here because he went, is here for a PhD program. And some of the kids that are also in his PhD program are literally 10 years younger than him. And we had them over and we were talking about 9-11. And they were like, yeah, we only know that as a day the adults were sad because something sad happened on TV. Wow. And I was like... Because they were so younger. You guys are going... You guys are in grad school. Wow. I was in college when that happened. So, yikes. Senior year high school. And I had... I have a blog post where I had my my point and shoot. Oh, hello, my point and shoot all through senior year high school, and I have a picture of myself in homeroom with on the TV September 11th happening. It's all black, but I see all my homeroom classmates looking at that screen. That's amazing. That is documenting to the max. I, I, I until I got home and watched it on the news with my family and was in traffic with my dad, didn't understand it. I didn't. My my it like it didn't. Now we're going on a tangent, but I didn't get it. So I don't know why, like, it didn't register when I took the picture that it was going to be, that it was a major thing. But you didn't have to understand it. Like, something made you document it. Like, that's, I think that's really awesome. So so Megan Anderson says document now, make later, but you're like, document now, process later. And I have no, yeah, process, (laughs) that's what it was. I couldn't process what was happening. I love it. Yeah, it was very strange. But yeah, so interesting. So, okay, so you're scrappy like a fox. How did that come about? Um, Because you were scrapping before you were married. Yes, I've been scrapping a long time. Um, I did marry into the name Fox in 2009. (laughs) But I actually, even though I was a big lurker in the online scrapbooking community, you know, I always followed a lot of the blogs. I would comment on message boards occasionally and things like that. Um, You know, I, I knew who all the scrappy celebrities were and what they were doing and everything, but I wasn't really sharing my scrapbooking online very often or at all. Um, I think partially because I was too lazy to take and edit the photos to do it. (laughs) And we didn't have the technology that made it so seamless like we do today. But when, honestly, it was something, I read an article about Instagram suddenly allowing multiple accounts and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Because I am, um, this is in 2016, and I'm like this, actually a really reserved person. Um, I'm one of those people who joined Facebook in 2004 or whatever it was with my college account, but then never made a post for 10 years. So I just, <laughs> you know, I I had this really weird, like, relationship with the internet. I know you guys talk about your internet, like, lives a lot, um, but for me... I didn't feel connected enough to all those people that I'd been to high school with and things like that, except for a couple of close friends. And I'm like, I don't need to talk to them there. So Facebook and Instagram really never really clicked for me because I hadn't found like my online people yet. It was all this place where I could keep in touch or like have be on the periphery of what people I didn't care about were doing with their lives. And I didn't think they had any business in what my life was like. 
So something just clicked, though, when I decided in 2016 that I would start uh, scrapbooking Instagram. And I thought that I was going to call it Tracy Fox or Tracy underscore Fox or something like that. And it was taken. Um, and I thought of Scrappy Like a Fox. And I thought, well, that works. <laughs> um, and oh, it works. Yeah, I know that there's, <laughs> I know that there's like a lot of people who advocate for keeping everything all on one account and that's perfectly fine. I think for me, it was mostly about suddenly wanting to follow like a huge ton of scrapbookers and creatives and wanting to keep that in a separate account. So if Instagram actually functioned like the blog readers I used to love back in the, my blog binge days, I would have just created like a different category or something for scrapbookers. Mm -hmm. But instead having a separate account meant that I could post the crafty content it was never about being scared that people who knew me IRL would be weirded out that I'm a scrapbooker because I'm I've been out <laughs> like I'm yeah. an out and proud scrapbooker <laughs> yeah um, and so it was really just more about you know I don't feel the need to share that stuff with them I also want to follow as many scrapbookers as possible and the best way to do that would be to have a dedicated account where I could still switch to my personal account and see you know my twenty friends and family members there and get through that feed anytime I want. So, um, but it was just really fun how I sort of started searching people out. It like, it grew really organically, just like people connecting, suddenly people were DMing and it just, you know, I found Kristen pretty early on because I don't, I, I, I don't know if Instagram suggested you or if it was, um, something, you know, something to do about that word feminist, probably like, I think maybe I had radar for it or something because (laughs) my entire scrapbooking life, I have, I've been passionate about feminism and there, especially in the spaces that I used to be in for scrapbooking, both in real life and in the online community, you know, I felt feminism there just because it was these collectives of women, like getting together and being crafty together and talking about their lives and all of that. But feminism was not something that was really talked about. Um, and, and to see somebody like fully claiming it, like Kristen does online and then, you know, to see people come along and join her community and to just kind of know that there are so many people out there who have feminist, um, you know, just feminist ideas and who, who claim it, um, that's super empowering. And so, I mean, obviously we were going to be friends, (laughs) um, but I think, I just think that the feminist part is important, right? It's important for me to claim it. It's important for it to always be there. Um, I do put it in my profile because I, I don't, I don't want to hide it. Like I don't get overly political or anything on my account, but even that feels like a cop out to say, because the personal is political. And if you're being personal, you're being political. Um, if I'm gonna be friends with all these women and celebrate all of this diversity that we're sharing online and everything, then I, I'm being pretty, in your face feminist just by doing that so i don't i don't necessarily think that you have to be talking about political candidates or anything like that to, to right you're that not known. being partisan you're being political right. yeah and i think that like, that's a big distinction to make and i think that's something we kind of gloss over a lot of the times is like you don't have to be democrat or republican to be political you can just be political saying these are the things that i believe in and it is political to have beliefs. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not going to hide those beliefs either. And some of my scrapbook pages cover those topics. So. And would you say, like, 
just saying out loud like I'm a f- feminist scrapbooker or just saying that fe- like it's almost you could almost replace it with unapologetic or mm-hmm. no right like I feel like it's is that almost kind of what it is is to say like this is what I'm gonna be doing like a declaration kind of yeah I mean I think that that that's that makes perfect sense and that's a great way to put it um back before I was uh, really involved in the online community and while I was getting my master's in women's studies and a little before that I was uh, a feminist blogger and my uh, blog was called unapologetically female so yeah being unapologetic is yeah pretty much my jam (laughs) I love that and so like then I think about, okay, so Scrappy Like a Fox and your blurb says that you're a scrapbook feminist nerd and so there you are unapologetically like declaring it. And then you see this feed of like honed ass craft. Like, let's just <laughs> stop and go there. Like, I was looking through your feed going like, this girl layers like no one's business. This girl matches color like no one. Like, like I was blown away because I saw your stuff in, at Awesome Ladies Live, which we're going to get into too. <laughs> but that's when I first like really saw you work. But like your feed and your project, like, holy moly. So my question is, how did like that style evolve? And when did you feel you really like were like, aha, uh-huh, like this is it? Or did it just naturally happen and you couldn't really put a date or time on it? Yeah, well, thank you for that. That's so sweet, by the way. But I, um, you know, I don't know. I think I I definitely have those early pages where it was just sticker sneeze and it was, um, you know, everything four by six, barely cut down and just like taking up the whole page. And, you know, that the style has evolved for sure. Like it wasn't even just me evolving. It was the style and being so into following magazines in the industry and all of that. I've just been influenced along the way for sure. Um, but I think that the things that have probably honed my specific scrapbook style the most have been how heavily invested I've been in, um, like just the, the, the teaching content of the scrapbook community. So, you know, I have taken lots of online classes, um, especially from scrapbookers who I admire and who I've been influenced by. My favorite ones are the ones that sort of dive into like scrapbooky philosophy and stuff like that. So like Mm -hmm. get it scrapped was always a really great place to hang out. Um, and I don't know, I think I just heard so much advice over the years and advice that was re- has been reiterated by Kristen at Awesome Ladies Live, you know, both years I attended of just how to find your own style. And like, there are so many ways to do it. Look at think about what you really like. You know, you don't have to buy products that don't speak to you and that you don't love. Um, I, I can pretty easily sum up the pinpoint and sum up the things that I like about the scrapbook pages of mine that I like the most or scrapbook pages of others that I like the most. Generally, I'm just thrilled that anyone is scrapbooking. So whether it's, whether it's something that is my style or that is something that I would want to make myself, doesn't matter to me. I just get excited to see scrapbook pages, but it's just really clear to me when I look at either products or a design element or a page, whether it's me or not. And I think, that I, I do that, I kind of have some of the same things that I repeat over and over. And then within that, I'll, I'll like maybe just try to play and do like a new thing here or there. Um, and it's so. mostly whole pages that you do. Yeah, uh, pretty much primarily. So I have dabbled in other formats over the years. I have, you know, a couple of mini books, um, a little bit, you know, I did Project Life, like photo a day style back in 2011, and then kind of thought, well, I'm done with that. Um, but the the 12 by 12 page is by far my favorite format um and i think the reason 
is because and I don't I don't play that game where like every page in an album has to coordinate or like the left mm -hmm. side has to coordinate with the right side like nope absolutely not because for me it's not even about like when I put all those pages together that album's going to tell an overarching story just because it's my story but I do not have to feel bound by rules to like make anything coordinate outside that one page so I have I look at a one 12 by 12 scrapbook page as like its own bite-sized piece of art that I can pretty much do start to finish in one sitting, maybe two, if I'm, you know, having short crafting bursts. But what I love about that is it really fits with my personality type. Like I'm a big personality and like personality growth junkie. And I know that I am more of a finisher than a starter. Like it's so, so satisfying to me to actually finish something and I don't think of albums as that end game finished project. I think of the page act as that. So I have this, you know, hit of satisfaction every time I finish a page and I feel like, well, I'm done, you know, I did it. Um, and I don't, unless I'm working on like my, my Christmas album or something like that, which even that is like a completely different page every time. I don't do like a, a coordinating album or anything like that because mm -hmm. it would overwhelm me. Um, but every every little page feels like, I have, I have finished, I did it, I can check it off. Um, and that's what I love about, about the page. Also, I will have to say like a big open canvas is my jam. I find pockets limiting. I think that other, other crafters find them liberating and like they can do whatever, you know, I, I, I'm trying to even like verbalize what that feeling must be like. But for me, I just, it's stifling to me because I like to overlap things and layer them and make them burst out of that, so. I found my format and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> and you're good at it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So good. I think one of the cool things that has come out of you having a format that really works for you is you have the ability to see things really cool. And so your trend watch challenge, which you did for me for a year at the Awesome Ladies Project, and you have now in your Facebook group and is exploding on IG you can see it and also experiment with it on this 12 by 12 palette really well and since you've been doing 12 by 12 for so long and you can see other people's 12 by 12s it is this canvas like you were talking about earlier this big open canvas of like oh, okay well I see exactly how this person is pulling in the same trend and this person is pulling in the same trend um can you talk a little bit more about what your trend watch challenge is and a couple of and the, the Facebook group. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about yeah, let's talk about the trend watch challenge and then uh, how people can join in your in your Facebook group. Okay, sure. So um, I, I'll go back to the beginning with trend watch challenge. It's really funny. It all was kind of born out of well, if I went to the beginning beginning, it would probably be things like, you know, vision boards and Pinterest and stuff like that. Cause I've always been kind of like curating content that I see online or in magazines or whatever into categories and so that's already fun like yay and then um before we had the save feature in instagram where we could save items to collections that we had privately um there was the hashtag craft create connect movement that was going on online and it's still there uh here and there i, I would encourage anybody to check out hashtag craft create connect because you can find the most amazing talents to follow that way but um 
you know, a lot of crafters were sharing like, here are all the pages that I loved this week or all the projects that inspired me this week and check out these, these artists and putting like a collage of photos of them and then tagging all of those Instagrammers. Super fun, you know, just right up my alley to kind of celebrate all of those awesome things that we're seeing online. But for me, it was kind of fun to share some of those that were not just things that were inspired me or that I love, but it's like, here's nine layouts I saw that all used black backgrounds. Here's nine layouts I saw that all had this same general design on their canvas. And they were all different designers. And sometimes it was because somebody had put out some challenge and a lot of people followed it. But like, he, look at the commonalities here. Like here's an example of, you know, like a trend or some sort of common thing that's happening in scrapbooking right now. And, and just basically pointing that out to everybody because being in this online community in general is we're we're just feeding off of each other all the time and those trends are traveling kind of so fast because of the the way that people communicate online it's like it's here and then it's gone um some things that we do are just timeless i mean we're always gonna need our paper and stickers and and punches and things like that and our, we'll have our favorite supplies and techniques forever but this hobby is growing and evolving at light speed all the time like I just, I'm always amazed at the types of things that people are trying out and then they all try them out and that's celebrated in this community. So um, I will, I do have to give Kristen the credit that's due where she, you know, got in touch with me about, um, you know, contributing to the Awesome Ladies Project blog with something and, and she pointed out to me that she really enjoyed how I, um, how, how I seemed to notice trends in the industry and things like that. So, um, I, I the the sort of idea that I came up with was that I could share a trend that I'm seeing in in the scrapbook community every month and and try it out myself and um, but the thing that that's so fun to me about the trend watch challenge and sort of highlighting a different trend that scrapbookers are doing is that I don't have like I don't have a crafty business I work full time um, that's not something that I'm trying to do but I do want to celebrate all the great content that's already out there and that people are making all the time and um i don't i don't necessarily need to have like i don't need to recruit designers for a class where i ask them to do it for free or pay them pennies to make five things that of you know with this challenge it's like hey here's actually 40 things that people shared on their feeds they deserve some credit too because they're all making this thing um let's it's kind of a i feel like it's a little bit of a populist movement like i'm people keep praising me for this scrappy trend watch series and i'm like guys i'm curating public content like i want you to follow all these scrapbookers and get ideas from them it's kind of the point of it so anyway it is what's it what it has evolved into now is that i will do um kind of a screen record igtv video um on my account where I scroll through my saved collections in Instagram and show off those pages and say, hey, look, everybody right now is doing this type of page where half of the canvas is one pattern paper and half of the canvas is something else. It looks kind of like a traveler's notebook page, but it's actually on a 12 by 12 page. Everybody check this out. I think traveler's notebooks are influencing 12 by 12 layouts. Isn't that cool? And then here are all the you know millions of ways people are doing that. And then people start talking about it. They start sharing more using the hashtag Scrappy Trend Watch. And it has been the most fun. Like, it's just an absolute blast online to do it. That's yeah. so smart. 
I can identify because since like I feel like my beginning crafting days, I was very hyped on letting people know what I could do. And that lasted for a few years. And like now, even with the podcast, it is so exciting to know that like I'm getting this fun, juicy convo from you and Kristen and we're going to share it with people. Like, like <laughs> the sharing part of like people that are great is a, is something that I never had in the beginning. It was very e- egocentric. Yeah, I think I totally feel that too. I mean... One of the reasons that I resisted joining in the online community for so long was kind of this more, you know, I don't need to show off my work kind of feeling. And I think that my involvement in the community right now is like, I realized that it's not even about that for me. Like I just get, I get so amped, like I feed off of other people's excitement for this hobby. And it makes me so happy to see that so many people are getting excited. The absolute best thing that people tell me about the Scrappy Dreadwatch series is that it makes them want a scrapbook. Like, yeah. yeah, they tell me that they want to get in their craft rooms or get out their craft, dust off their stuff because maybe they haven't felt mojo in a while. And it makes them want to craft because it's like, here's these ideas. Go for it. And it's so true, the whole thing about feeling mojo, because I think of all the inspiration that's around in social media 24-7 all the time, you can, the mojo gets lost because it becomes about, like you're saying, the other stuff. But when you're posting like a trend that someone could say, oh, I'm going to try that, like it then like it's just something shifts in your mind where then it, like it triggers like the real reason you started in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead and especially of, like, when every- you can see like, here's 20 different people's inspiration of one thing. There's no right or wrong way to do this thing. Right. And like, there's all sorts of skill levels. There's people doing it minimalist ways. There's people doing it over the top ways your way is going to fit into this. Like, you can't do it wrong. If you're doing it your way, you're doing it. Yeah. So like you said, I do share a lot of 12 by 12 scrapbook pages because I happen to follow a lot of 12 by 12 scrappers. But I see those trends everywhere in in mini albums and pocket cards and, you know, happy planner spreads. And they're, they're just everywhere, you know. So... And I also, I bristle when I'll see every now and then, like, some sort of conversation will emerge in a Facebook group or something like that, where people are really resolute that they don't follow trends. Like, no, I'm I'm not trendy. I'm a tried and true. And, you know, if you know your style and you want to stick with it and you don't need an injection of mojo, then by all means. But, like, there's nothing negative about following the trends, especially when it's not like you're a lemming, right? It's like... You're right. being you're like you're being inspired by all of the great the great um ideas that are out there. Right. It's not like, you know, Da Vinci didn't follow trends. <laughs> right, right. He existed you, outside of time and space. He was, exactly. You know, all of all of the great artists were uh existed in a vacuum and, and weren't influenced by anybody, right? <laughs> it blows my mind yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I love it. No. So how does Trend Watch like weave into the Facebook group? Sure. So um I think well the Facebook group came about. Yeah. I was going to say, why don't you tell the backstory behind the Facebook group? Yeah. Yes. So um, I, I don't know if everyone who's listening has ever heard of the um, online you know, class community and membership called Get It Scrapped. But um, it was around for many, many, many years. And I, its um, owner and leader, Debbie Hodge, was somebody who I always completely admired for... Um, her approach to scrapbooking, uh, she's primarily a digital scrapbooker, but she just celebrated scrapbooking of all types 
Um, and I would listen to her as a panelist on Paper Clipping Roundtable all the time and the Paper Clipping Digi Show back when those were a thing. Um, sort of our some of our crafty pioneer podcasts um, that I'm so glad you all are filling the void a little bit in. Yeah. Um, but so she ran this site that had all of this class content um, in her membership. And I had the, the great privilege to teach a couple of times uh, there at the end before she discontinued the membership to pursue another business. And um, she was really thoughtful about what she wanted to do with different components of the Get It Scrapped business because she had you know some challenge things going on and it did have a, a dedicated Facebook group. And I think between the teaching I had done for Debbie as well as her seeing my, my Scrappy Trend Watch series, um, and you know, just seeing that I like I'm enthusiastic about social media. Basically, um, she asked me if I wanted to take over that group as the host instead of just having that group that had you know four thousand scrapbookers in it just die out. Um, so I was thrilled. I thought that was a great idea. And honestly, I'll be perfectly honest that Facebook is not my favorite platform. Um, but Facebook groups, there's there's a lot of cool things that you can do with them. Um, I do like that you can, like e all of the, the content on Instagram is just so fleeting, you know, you scroll past it and then you're not, you unless you're just going to binge on somebody's account, like you really don't see that content again. Right. Um, but with Facebook, there's a little bit more room for a threaded conversation. You can start a challenge and people can keep coming back to it and sharing it and bumping it to the top. And so, um, between that and between that community already being established, um, I just really wanted to continue the crafty conversation there. And in thinking about what, what direction I wanted to take this group and how I wanted to rebrand it, because Debbie gave me complete control to, to do what I wanted with the group, I, I had second thoughts about calling it the Scrappy Like a Fox Facebook group because it, it is not about me, right? Like, please, let's be clear. This is not about me necessarily. Um, I'm not, I think that probably by virtue of social media being what it is, you could call it a brand. I am a brand, sure. But that part of it is not about me. It's about the fact that I want everyone to be scrappy like foxes. I love how when you add like a fox to something, you're saying that that thing is done with cleverness and with precision. Foxes travel in packs. So let's all travel in a pack and let's all be scrappy like foxes together. So I thought the name just worked. And to be honest, people would be able to find the group and be easier if I called it that instead of like Tracy's Crafty Community or Let's All Scrap or something like that. Totally. So, so I rebranded the group. Um, the group as it existed was just, is just this amazing wealth of brand new scrapbookers, longtime scrapbookers. I did a poll early on after taking over the group of how long people have been scrapbooking. and. I'd say that there are more scrapbookers in there who have been scrapbooking 30 and 40 years than I have ever seen. So like, wow. it's, you know, it's a little bit um, different, different demographic, different community than what I was spending most of my time in an Instagram. So it's opened this whole new world of amazing crafters to me who I didn't know about who aren't on Instagram. So a lot of my Instagram folks came in and joined and now we're just all in there together, learning from each other. And I'm just like, amped on the synergy all the time <laughs> so can i ask so you a cool. question of like so it's a big group and you have a full-time job like how often do you comment and check like yeah yeah, yeah. that's i'm i'm worried about that a little bit just because i'm 
it's more screen time than I probably would have wanted to sign up for. Right. Um, because I also like I, I'm feeling sad about how I'm seeing less of Instagram <laughs> because I, I that's my jam. I really love seeing what's going on there. Um, I, I don't think that I'm in it too, too much. Like I am busy throughout the day. I'll check it a few times a day. Um, I just I, feel like yeah. that's a way. Oh, I'm it's sorry hard. To you. No, go ahead. Yeah. I just feel like it's a it's a way we have to be resourceful because we want to start thing and like when especially when you facilitate like any social media to build a community. I mean, Kristen, you know too, like to yeah. to just upkeep it digitally. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, and the good thing about a Facebook group and what I hope will continue to grow and happen in this one is that you know the the conversations start on their own, right? Like people right. will share those things. If I can jump in and and comment and share too, then great. Um, so I, I want more of that to happen, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's definitely about being resourceful. It's about figuring out how much time I have to devote to that and how much time I want to be spending creating instead, which is what I really want to do too. Um, I just want to be able to also talk about it nonstop with all people who get it, which is what I love about the crafty community. Yes. Yeah. Yes. These are our people. They get it. Yeah. It's more fun to create for scrapbookers than it is for other people. Nobody else cares like we do, right? Like I'm, I'm married. My husband loves scrap my scrapbooking. He thinks it's awesome and badass, which I wish for everybody in their partners and all their intimate relationships that they have a partner who celebrates their crafting. So there's that. Um, it it hurts me to my core when people are hiding their scrappy purchases for partners and when they feel like their hobby isn't valued. So. Honestly, like, stand up for yourselves and make sure that your hobby is valued, A, if you can. I, not everybody's in a position where they can do that, but consider it in what you want out of life, right? Um, I don't even know where I was going with that because I got on that soapbox. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is an important part of our lives. And, yeah. like, doing it is one part that's important. But then also, like, talking about it is another part that's really important. Like, for people who are, like, super into watching football also talking about football is really important yeah you know you watch football all day on sunday you then talk about football monday through saturday (laughs) it's the same thing you can spend all day you know on the weekends scrapbooking if you are super passionate about scrapbooking you want to find other people to talk about scrapbooking with and like if you're out there and you don't have other people to talk about scrapbooking with there's plenty of communities. If you love Facebook, go on Tracy's Facebook group. Like, I do not like Facebook. It makes me have the shakes. <laughs> but, like, I I do like Facebook groups in, like, short bursts. So I've been checking in on your Facebook group. And I have the Awesome Ladies Project for if you don't like Facebook. Like, if you don't like Facebook and you don't really like being on social media, that's why I built the Awesome Ladies Project because I wanted a place for people to go where they could have a community away from social media. Yes, and I'm so glad you did that. I mean, I think that different platforms and different communities serve different purposes. I kind of have FOMO about online communities and want to be in them all. I wish I could be more I totally get in that. all of them. Um, so, you know, I, I pick and choose. They're the ones that I'm like all in on and the others I'm a little bit more of a lurker on the periphery, but there's great stuff going on in all of them. So really find, are. And find your people, dabble, find your try people. different ones. Yeah, I mean, so and I many initiatives cool to join. I think the other cool thing about 
online communities is that you don't have to be all in all the time. And like, there's so many communities where people love you no matter, you know, when you can show up. And like, we are all women with very busy lives and we're happy to see you when we can see you. So like, don't feel bad if you can only show up that one weekend a year. Yep. Yeah, and I totally agree. Oh my gosh. So one of my, you know, online community pet peeves is when other people shame other group members for asking the same question that's been asked. It's like, they don't spend all their time here. It's okay. It's you know? totally okay. Just scroll past it. Don't answer it today. You know, if you answered it two weeks ago, let somebody else answer this time. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, so. it takes just as much time to write out your snarky response as it does to link to the right answer. Right. Good point. Yes. Good point. There's, there's and you're just, just in a better mood. There's no room to the right for answer. trolls. And and I yeah. mean, I I don't feel like the crafty community has the kind of troll population that, that other communities do. So we are we're pretty lucky there. Even even when they happen, I think they're more rare. But yeah, just just be nice to each other. Right, just be nice. Yeah. I love that. And then you can come to awesome ladies and meet people in real life. Yes. <laughs> meet you your people in real life. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's go there. Well, let's go there. Let's literally <laughs> go there. Let's yeah, register. Yeah. I think that's go one of the coolest things is that like when you do wind up meeting your online friends in real life, your friendships become so much more like you have real life friends and then you have online friends and then you have the real life friends slash online friends and like those are like special people and i know this is something i've talked about a bunch on the podcast is like online friends who have become real life friends and now I've created an event where my online friends can become my real life friends. So I am biased. But and for me. No, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, like, the evolution of, like, a person for, like, a, that I was that crafted, we were very different crafters because you did have real life crafting friend people. But, like, for me, I always. Yeah, think that about, I like, literally all met on the internet. Right. Well, <laughs> or worked at at a store. <clears throat> yeah, right. Well, you also used to go to, like, scrapbooking events. Like, I never. It, like, scrapbooking for right, me. But I literally this thing. met on the internet. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true to find out where it was. But I remember, like. No, those my were my internet friends. Oh. I went oh. to scrapbooking events in Wisconsin with my internet friends. It was right, a well, scrapbooking event of my this. internet friends. I just remember my scrapbooking past being in plastic boxes under my bed. And then once I got those plastic <laughs> boxes, like, and then once I got those plastic boxes out and into a craft room, it made it that more real. Then when I got myself out of my craft room and into a community of real people that I was looking around going, oh my God, I do this too. Then it became even triple real. Like, I just feel like the evolution of me was like this onion that was getting peeled back and like getting to Awesome Ladies Live or like meeting you at that actual workshop and like and then this podcast is just like the cherry on top. But I just feel like that's how it happened for me. It was such this like weird hidden thing until it had its own space. And then once it's had its own space, then I met other people. It's this just is awesome because like I think I'm I think I was growth. somewhere in between. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the online piece did, you know, at least actually interacting with real with people online and then becoming my real friends came later. Um, Mostly when my physical scrapbook store closed and died out. Um, when the people I had met and scrapbooked with there kind of dispersed, when my friends who I made become scrapbookers when I started scrapbooking, when the hobby dwindled for them and they stopped doing it, um, or they just don't do it as often or they don't follow it like I do. Like, I had to to find those people who cared about it like I did, and and I did, and it's so much fun. That's what I had to do but I did that when I was like 18 or 19. And I did that like, cause I start, so I started scrapbooking when I was like high school age, like 13, 14, 15. And so I went looking online because I didn't have any, all of my scrapbooking stores were uh, like Michaels or AC Moore and none of that stuff was good enough. So then I started looking on the internet for supplies and then I found scrapbooking forums and that's how I found scrapbooking people. And then it was like, well, we're all just going to go to a hotel in Wisconsin and scrapbook. I was like, okay, why not? I love it. And like, that was one of the best ways to get supplies was we would all, that's how I got my first ATG gun. My first ATG gun was somebody ordered 20 ATG guns (laughs) and we all shipped in. And somebody ordered 100 rolls of ATG, probably, honestly, probably more like 400 rolls of ATG gun. <laughs> and this was 2004 at the time. And when we got to the hotel, you know, we broke open the package of 20 ATG guns. Everyone got an ATG gun. They didn't, well, they weren't in pink at the time. They definitely, they were, because you had to buy them from the framers still like yeah, you had they to buy hadn't them. been made scrapbook pretty yet nope they in, yeah so you had to buy them all through like a wholesale framer person so you had to find somebody with a wholesale license and then you had to find somebody who would buy them through the framing wholesale website old school scrapbooking guys that is We're resourcefulness yep way back this yeah and so like yeah. this is this is like pre, this is pre two peas or like very early two peas which was the one of the first websites that i found which sold um you know the first indie scrapbook companies that i found scenic road and scenic route maya road there we go mashups <laughs> yeah, i know that's the I new like... company we need scenic road they would, would have like a great name yeah. for a scrapbook company. They have like plaid chipboard instead of raw chipboard. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's make that. Somebody make that, please. Product request. But I think there's been so many great niche communities to pop up since then and fill in ways like the art journaling spinoff because art journaling did not have huge communities the way it does now. And just like also tiny niche communities of like here are 100 people doing something. Here are 20 people doing something. Here are meetup groups doing things. And we're all finding each other. We're all finding each other through Facebook and Instagram and just Google. And Tracy, you found awesome ladies through Kristen, like because you yeah. followed her. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think that's the order it happened in. I don't I don't know. I think it was one of those things where whichever I discovered first, I fell down the yeah. hole following everything <laughs> yeah. I could and, and checking it out. So, Was yeah. last 
What, did you go to an Austin Ladies before last year? Yeah, I went to the 2017 oh. one too. Yep. Tracy was at the yeah. inaugural Awesome Ladies Live. I mean, it's a three three ish hour drive. Like, I'm, I wasn't gonna yeah. miss that. So, <laughs> so fun. And last year we played the game that you created. Oh my god, one of my favorite moments of last <laughs> last year. Yeah, so, so that's where the nerd part comes in and scrapbooking yeah. feminist nerd. Like, I just I nerd out on scrapbooking to the point where just for myself for fun, I decided that scrapbooking needed a, a Cards Against Humanity style game. <laughs> and I started keeping a running list of what the white cards would be and what the black cards would be in the notes app on my phone. And then I decided I need to make this. And so I turned it into a digital download and, and sold it on Etsy. Um, I make, you know, no money off of it. I would give it away for free, except people talk me into selling it for $5. So, um, you know, it, it's just basically all the geeky stuff for, for scrapbookers. There are cards for Stacey Julian riding a unicorn and um, <laughs> sticker sneeze and Fifty Shades of Grey cardstock and stuff like that. So <laughs> It was so clever and like it was Awesome Ladies Live was the perfect venue to bring it to. It was like all of us that played it were like, yeah. Like and I feel like the podcast is a good place to like share it because a lot of the you scrappers, paper crafter people out there need this game. You need this game. Yeah. And so it's yeah. called Scraps Insight Calamity. Yep. You got it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Cards Against Humanity, Scraps in Sight, Calamity. It's, it's totally my jam. It is. So it's a perfect card game. and I'm going to link to it where you could get it and all that stuff. I'm really excited to see you in five and a half weeks. So Yay! soon. I'm pumped to see you both. It was so great to meet Amanda last year, too. And Say, yeah. to see Kristen again. And just, yeah. What's your favorite part of Awesome Ladies? Oh, five. those women, right? And yeah. So, yeah. I think that like Kristen knows all the right words to pick for all of the stuff in her, her whole business and brand, because like her online community, she's got one called the collective. I mean, that's what awesome ladies life feels like. Um, I resonate with that word so much. Like I, that was the name of the feminist blog that I ran with my students when I was a grad student teaching women's studies 101 to college students. Like we called it the collective. So I'm just like, yes, that's what we need. I think that's what you two are doing on this podcast is basically having like new school consciousness raising groups for crafty women. Like, you know, if you know your second wave feminist history, like people had to get together and actually talk about some of these issues before they knew what they were before they could give them a name. I mean, the fact that you are using like an entire episode of a podcast to talk about how Instagram makes us feel when it tells us what our best sign is, that's consciousness raising. And I think that we all need it. And it's one of my favorite things that you are doing in the crafty community together that that Kristen is doing with Awesome Ladies Live and the Awesome Ladies Project. Like, I can't celebrate that enough because we all need it. And I think like, you know, just kind of the, I feel like you're going to ask me about growth and I'm like ready to talk about it. But wow. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a, I'm a listener. I know that the, this is the growth season and I'm, I'm here yeah. for it. Um, one of my favorite things about the online crafty community that, that I'm a part of, that we're a part of, that we're all sharing in is just that there's kind of like all of these personal development messages woven in to everything that we're doing, right? I don't think that was there when I first got involved in scrapbooking. Like it was all about what adhesive stuck what to what and like what punches you owned and, you know, just looking at pretty pages and that was about it. But then suddenly, I don't know, like 
how it all came together. If it was like people like Allie Edwards, of course, who was always kind of helping people grow through their telling their stories or, but there's just kind of like this undercurrent of growth and personal development in everybody telling their stories that it's just, at least with the people who inspire me and who I follow, but it, it just seems like ever present in our community that we all are acknowledging how we're growing through this hobby and how we're, you know, empowering each other and how, how important it is to share our stories for ourselves and how it can be important for others. And so that, that I think that growth part is somehow built into this hobby that in a way that it's not built into other hobbies. Like, I don't think that there are many golfers who are also celebrating their, their strokes and their putts in the same way that like we're celebrating, you know, not to undermine that. Maybe that's going on. Like maybe there's, you know, some I sort of I said this about empowering. fly fishing. Yeah. Like, there are some hobbies that are right. like just about the hobby and ours kind of, it can't be limited to that because we're using these images of our lives and these stories of our lives. And the act of telling those stories is fun. You know, it's fundamentally feminist. Right. Um, so, like it, it, you inherently have to grow if you are reflecting on yes. these things. Yes. Yeah. It is, it is a growth practice. Like, it just is. Which is which is what I thought when you said in the scrapbooking community there's not as many trolls as in other like niche things. And I feel like that was why, because you're constantly reflecting on yourself and like growing into a better person. So like yeah. maybe that like, you'd why. have to be trolling yourself like yeah. a lot. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So I just think that this community encourages growth in a way that makes me excited to be a part of it. Um, and if you choose to receive that message and then also choose to be creative while thinking about those things, then it, that growth is only compounded, right? Like it, it's exponential. You, you get back what you put into this hobby and in growth. So I'm really excited about that. And I think growth is a great, great theme for, for us to talk about. I love it. You are poised as F. Like, can I just say that? Like, literally from minute one, I'm like, this girl is so, like, poised and eloquent. And I just keep picturing, like, when the sun, stay with me here. When the sun, I, I, the, literally the whole podcast, I've been like, what is the word for her? I want to say effervescent, but I don't know if that's a word. That's what I want. <laughs> I just keep picturing, like, how the sun shines on a lake. And you see, sh- Maybe like like the shimmering of the sun on the waves of the lake that like shimmer like shimmer like you shimmer. I just want to tell you that. That's so sweet. That as I'm watching that. you, you're so <laughs> friggin' poised, and I love everything that you're saying. And want to do currently round? <laughs> let's go with luminescent. Can we, yeah, Ooh, can we? I'll and let's just segue into currently. I mean, I feel like we have to wrap up this episode because I will literally just stare at you talk for another three hours. All right. So, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready for currently? I love currently. Let's do it. Yay. So, what are you currently watching? So, this one might sound silly, but I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I only believe in pleasures. So, um, nice. I'm actually currently watching the, the Mickey Mouse shorts. I don't know if you all have seen these. They're, they're these new, I, I call them new. They've probably been around since like 2015 at this point. But they're these little Mickey Mouse shorts where they've kind of rebranded Mickey Mouse, you know, the current style. And they are full of all these little nuggets of wisdom. The comic timing in them is like, I'm a, I'm a big comedy nerd. And so like 
the way that they're using comic timing, I'm pretty sure like Paul Rudish directs all of these things. Um, and I would never have known that or even known to watch these shorts if my partner Dan wasn't um, a computer animation uh, degree holder. He's not using it, but that, he's like, you know, <laughs> an animation nerd. And so he has kind of shown me this world of like just how much great art and comic timing there is in an animated comedy shorts but the new mickey shorts i recommend to everybody they're full of little easter eggs about like disney movies and old stuff like an example of a joke might be that mickey's like reaching under the seat of his car and there's a vhs copy of the black cauldron underneath his seat with cobwebs all over it like they're making fun of themselves in a way that's really cool because i'm a i love disney but like i love even more when somebody can make fun of themselves so where can we watch, we watch yeah, where it do you watch them yeah so I think he's at he my husband's downloaded them, but I think that um, you can find them on YouTube very easily. Um, but they're, they're really diverse, like they have lots of different episodes in different countries and things like that. And just you'll fall in love with those characters all over again. They're they're nothing like the the ones we grew up with that were just That's kind so of like milk toast. Would, would you type in the search bar like Mickey shorts? I think so. Or um, okay. I think if you do that, you'll probably get them. They're really just called Mickey Mouse like on them yeah okay and look for like 2015 sure yeah or i mean and there's still new ones coming out to this day so like a new one will be released every couple months and we'll be like there's a new making short we'll, we gotta watch it so sweet how, <laughs> so how short are we talking like 10 minutes oh way way shorter like four. Oh, yeah oh, yeah a little so bit little bite-sized ones a mickey quickie <laughs> i love it that's what I'm calling right. them from now on. Yeah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> what are you currently reading? Okay, so I go in spurts and in seasons with reading, and I kind of am out of a, a reading season right now. So the only thing that I could really come up with for this, sadly, is that I'm reading spreadsheets. And that's just because I work as a fundraising data analyst, and we're coming up on a new fiscal year. So <laughs> I, spend, <laughs> I spend all day uh, in my spreadsheets looking at year-over-year -year revenue and uh, – growth analysis and things like that so um that's my answer what are you currently listening to i've been listening lately to the book smart movie soundtrack um i was having an offline chat a little bit with kristen about the movie book smart and i can't recommend it enough to everybody it's like i want to see it you're the best feminist teen comedy that uh i can imagine so um you know i could put that in the watching category as well because i want to see it again maybe while it's still in the theater <laughs> but the soundtrack is like epically long with a million songs on it all of which are just super super fun and if you've seen the movie then the songs are even more fun to listen to now I have so to i just listen to that yes do it's it's crazy fun i'm like and, so and imagine imagine movie. two like super high achieving straight a super feminist nerds like rocking out to these songs or basically acting like badasses to these songs because yeah, yeah. that's kind of what happens throughout the whole movie what are you currently making so i am making 12 by 12 pages um about the yeah, yeah. about a lot of things really because i always am just like reaching back and trying to finish up you know travel and all sorts of things you know um but mostly right now i'm making um pages about the uh, Disney World trip that my husband and I took for our 10 year anniversary in March. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. So fun. Kristen, you went on the recent Disney trip. Yeah, and I got the Kelly Perky Disney stamp set, and now I need to make amazing little Disney stamps. Nice. 
I'm so yeah, excited. I got the, I'm on the Ellie Studio design team and they put out their Magical Memories collection, which I didn't even expect that they were going to do uh, right after I got back from Disney World. So win-win. Stars aligned. Yeah. I love it. What are you currently feeling, Tracy? I am feeling so excited for Awesome Ladies Live that I can't stand it. I know we already talked about that. (laughs) And I'm also excited about some other stuff this summer. I am not a summer person, but um, I don't like the heat. I don't like lawnmower noise. I think (laughs) the sun is kind of harsh and bothers me, and I'm happier when it's behind the clouds. Sorry, sun lovers. Um, It's just my personal preference. I like the air to be cool and crisp. So... I love hiding inside during the summer and trying not to feel guilt about it while everybody else is outside soaking it up. And uh, I get a lot of crafting done in the summer. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Scrappy Christmas in July, which is the other online initiative that I do where I basically just encourage people to, to dig out their holiday albums and either finish them in the summer or just save them and do them in the summer. Because let's be honest, not everybody can handle December dailying during the busy holiday season. Right. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, jump in and finish up my December daily in July with you. Oh, awesome. I can't wait to see it. I know. I'm, I've gotten about half of it fully complete. My whole base is done, and about half of my pages are complete and embellished. And I've got about 10 pages left to finish, so I think I can bang it out in July. So. Sweet. I know. Are we ready to hang out an after chatter and head over there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just really want to see you in person. Same. I'm really excited. I'm I'm excited for Awesome Ladies Live. I'm excited to see you in person. I'm excited for just... Awesome Ladies Live feels like one of those big high school sleepovers almost. (laughs) And like a... You don't want to stay up too late, but you know you're going to stay up too late. You don't want to overdo it but you are probably going to overdo it a little bit and you're going to leave with new friends even if you go and you're a little bit scared and you might not think that you're going to have fun at first but you leave and you have the most amazing time and I'm so excited to see you so thank you so much for coming on the show You are one of my favorite scrapbooking people on the entire planet. And I'm so glad that you decided to come and talk to us today. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. And we're going to head over to After Chatter and chat with you a little bit more. Um, For everybody else, we will see you guys next week. And if you want to come and see Tracy on After Chatter, you can head over to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. And we're going to have a video and you can see her really cute tote bag in the back that I am like in love with (laughs) and otherwise we will catch you guys next week with another great guest have an awesome June have a happy Juneteenth and have an awesome rest of your week bye guys